Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to 32 Fan. 32 days. Not with me, as always, it seems like, is Akiva Wheels Wienerker. Uh, But we're here today to talk, uh, in his absence, about the Philadelphia Eagles. So this is a team, I think, that's an extreme version of this concept that's been in the NFL for a while. Your competitive window is when you have a QB on his rookie contract. And if you can manage to find a legit QB outside the first round, it's even more free money, which is how we saw like a decade ago. The Seahawks go to consecutive Super Bowls. It's probably, frankly, why I think the Cowboys' failure to even make a conference championship with Dak is like such an incredible indictment of Jerry Jones because they had like such a value at quarterback for so little money for so many years. And they just, you know, found a way to fuck that up, even including first rounders. Like the Super Bowl has been littered with these guys on the rookie contracts, you know, last year's Bengals, the Chiefs in back to back years, the Rams with Goff, the Eagles with Wentz, which even though Wentz was hurt that year, the point is because the Eagles weren't paying market rate for a quarterback, they were able to invest in the rest of their lineup so that they ended up winning a Super Bowl, you know, with big penis backup even. Mm-hmm. And like that brings us to the Eagles this year. Like their cap hit for Jalen Hurts is $1.64 million. The big acquisition in the offseason, how did they get him? Because how much are the Titans paying for their quarterback this year? $38.6 million. So is Ryan Cannonhill's cap hit this year. And I think that's why AJ Brown is now catching balls from Jalen instead of Tannehill. So I think this is why the Eagles, a lot of people say, had the best offseason in the NFL. And that brings us to our guest, Shamir Seidman, who predicts the Eagles to win 14 games every year, even when they haven't had a good offseason. So, Shamir, this year, I assume it's 20-0. That's, uh, that's, well, that, that's only in a 16-game season. Now it's 17-game season. Yeah. Closer to 15. Mm-hmm. So let's start with that big question. Is Jalen Hurts good enough for a roster that seems very strong in most other positions? My, my feeling on Jalen Hurts is kind of like NBA playoff rotations, like the certain players get exposed in the playoffs. And I think Jalen Hurts is a guy that I don't think he can throw the ball 52, 53, 54 times a game like uh, a Joe Burrow did in the playoffs or, you know, or a Tom Brady historically has. But I think he's good enough to get them to the playoffs. I think he's good enough to get them maybe a win or two in the playoffs. I just don't know if his style will lead to a Super Bowl championship, and I'm very excited to see, you know, how it goes. It sounds like um, sort of a Rudy Gobert and and Carl Anthony Towns on the Timberwolves. Yeah. yeah, you know, a re- regular season superstar. I expect a lot from them. You know, this season. I just don't know if his, you know, kind of frantic scrambling around looking for first downs, you know, will work in you know against a high level defense deep in the playoffs. But I'm, I'm, you know, I'm signing up for the ride this season. I'm very excited. How much will you be bidding on him in our fantasy league auction? 
I, I I try not to be a guy who you know gets ninety dollar players like someone else on this Zoom call. Editors don't. Um, yeah, but he's always the guy who overpays for the Eagles. So, but I'm 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 willing to go for him. But I don't think I'm gonna you know pay Aaron Rodgers type pricing for him. Okay. Yeah, a ninety. I I don't think anybody was thinking sixty, but maybe I'm wrong. Um. Well, let me let me go the other way for a second. Like, given the talent around him, how long a leash do you think he'll have? In other words, could we see Gardner Minshew this season? not for injury reasons it would it would take it would take a really big falling on his face i mean he's gotten incrementally better all three years he's been with the eagles or doing the first through the first two years and he's had a very good offseason and he's got weapons and he's got no excuses i i can't imagine a scenario where Minshew is he's not going to have a short hook he really won't have a short hook it'll it'll take a lot i could see like an oh and five start you know yeah we'll get to the schedule but they'd really have to screw up to be able to start for sure Um, All right, well, let's talk about those weapons for a second. So, you know, I was going to start this. I'm like, you know, wide receiver has been a problem for the Eagles for like, you know, at least 20 years. Um, You know, they had one great season from T.O. and they had Deshaun Jackson for a few years, but like they never had a second receiver, let alone a third. And, you know, which I think like when you look back now at like the shit that Donovan McNabb had to throw to when he was dragging that team to four consecutive NFC championships. I mean, it's incredible. Like Todd Pinkston as a, or, or, or Fred X, like these were his like top receivers. James um, Thrash. Yeah, James Thrash. Um, and so, you know, now, of course, you know, and then obviously the Eagles sort of infamously and hilariously to me as a Vikings fan blew the chance to get Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. a couple years ago. But last year, Devonta Smith seems to be legit. And pairing him with A.J. Brown, those are two what, at least top 30 receivers. And I was like, when's the last time the Eagles had that? So you might know the answer to this, but I had to do a deep dive and it got ugly. Um, the last time the Eagles had two receivers with either 70 catches each, which is not a very high threshold or 800 yards each again, a, not a high threshold at all. Do you know when the last time that is? I, I would say Macklin and Jackson. No, it is 1996. Do you want to guess the receivers? Irving Fryer. One. There's no way you're going to get the other guy. He had 10 career catches in every other season except for 1996. Charles Johnson? No, Chris Jones. I've never heard of this guy. No, I, I mean, I remember him. Uh, Chris yeah, T. Jones. Yeah, he had one season. For some reason, he had 70 catches for 800 yards, and then he played five games the next year. I mean, Macklin and Jackson were a nice combo, but sure, this, is, this, this is very exciting. This okay. is very exciting. So now I was like, and then I look back, that is the only time in Eagles history when they've had two wide receivers with either 70 catches or 800 yards, which... I didn't look up every team, but I think that the Eagles arguably have had the worst wide receivers that of every franchise, like collectively in NFL history. I mean, we had some Alshon Jeffrey, we had some T.O., we had some Deshaun Jackson. There always seems to be one guy that gets you excited. Yeah. But I mean, never... Alshon Jeffrey was not very good in, in Philly when he's off an injury. But yeah, you had those. But they I mean, us, this is all a preview to say, like, how excited are you with A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith across the field with each other? You know, it's, it, I, I, you know, you, you know, I've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, and you know that I'm always very pumped and I'm very optimistic, but I just don't know if Hertz is the, is the volume thrower to feed a hundred catches to Brown or 90 catches to Brown or 80 catches. Cause they're going to run a lot and he runs a lot. And I don't know if he's just going to have the volume to, to replicate those numbers we we're talking about earlier, but certainly the threat of both of those guys in the field is going to open up a lot for the rest of the offense. And they certainly are going to be explosive and they're going to hit those balls every once in a while. I just don't know if, you know, these are going to be double digit, you know, target receivers, given given the structure of the offense and given Hertz's limitations as a, as a thrower, as a downfield thrower, I should say. But um, certainly exciting and certainly, like you said, the best we've had in a while. And we haven't even mentioned Dallas Goddard yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking like 
from like a fantasy or like a stats perspective, because I agree, like AJ Brown is going to get less volume than he did in Tennessee, right. albeit also a rush, like sort of a pass for uh, a running first offense. Last year, basically, when Shane Steichen took over plan calling, is when they they improved a lot. Number one, but also number two, like they went away from passing, became like a run heavy team, right. like led the league in rushing. And I, so I guess, do you think that shifts back now with these two elite receivers? Or do they still sort of say, hey, we have an elite running blocking offensive line. We have a running back, a quarterback who's, you know, more better when he's taking advantage of his mobility. We're just going to keep riding that. But it, it kind of it kind of circles back to the point I was making earlier, where it's like they looked extremely dominant running the ball. But that's not a complete offense. You know, you have to be able to throw in the NFL. And they and they looked yeah. really good. They looked really good running. And it was like, why would they not run every down? Because they, they were getting they were averaging five and a half, six yards a rush in the second half of the season. And it was really fun to watch. But once that gets, if, if, and when that gets shut down, I don't know if they have that explosive passing game to, to compensate for. And so, you know, I, I think they have to find a balance. I mean, that's been, you know, if you read any of these Eagles previews, you know, throughout the, the off season, the, the, the discussion is, is can they find that balance? Can it, can Hertz pass better and while maintaining that, that excellent running game. So I, that's also part of the, you know, part, part of the, calculus and trying to figure out how good this team can be i i think they're going to be a much better passing team but um they, they can't get away from what they did so well last year which is running yeah i think i think the nba analogy was pretty good because it, they, when they looked great in the, in the in the regular season last year and they went seven and three like last year the eagles had one of the easiest schedules in the league they went one in six against teams that were average or better based on dvoa and that one win was at home against new orleans so they really had like no impressive wins all year and then, and then they ran out of Tampa in the playoffs and the offense got exposed. But on the other hand, this year, we'll get to the schedule game later. They have the second easiest schedule in the NFL this year again. So the regular season is not going to be a challenge to this team. Right. But also just, just optically, just on, just on the eye test last year, they looked horrible against good teams. Horrible. Yeah. So I guess, so then the question is, how do you really prepare yourself for the playoffs? Because you're playing the AFC South and the NFC East. Right. They, they, well, they played, they played Tampa twice last year, um, once in the regular season and once in the playoffs and they got, you know, obliterated both times. They weren't, they weren't in the same league as them. Yeah. Um, can Miles Sanders stay healthy this year? Cause, uh, as, a, as someone invested in fantasy last year, he was yeah. good whenever he was on the field, but he was just not on the field very often. Yeah. That's, 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 his, that's why he hasn't gotten a contract extension yet. There's just, there's not a lot of faith in him either staying healthy or, I mean, there's there's some talk about him not hitting the right holes and not picking up the right coverages and different things like that. But he's so explosive and he's he's so fast and he's so talented that you know you just you just never know what you're going to get from him. But um, they they drafted uh, Kenny Gainwell last year, who's predicted to have a nice contribution this year. And they're you know they're they're putting all their eggs in in um, in the Miles Sanders basket this year, which I'm I'm all for. But let's see, I'd love for him to stay on the field. It's hard to say. Really, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I saw PFF's preseason offensive line rankings. The Eagles are still number one. Yeah. So I, I think ultimately, and we saw this last year, like even if Sanders is their best running back, the offense is is not taking a huge hit if he's not on the field. I mean, last year they were dominant with Jordan Howard, who's out of the NFL right now. Yeah, yeah. He he. What was he? He was like a fourth stringer who ended up. Uh, yeah, in fantasy, I mean, and, and and Boston, don't forget about Boston Scott. Boston Scott, of course. Yeah. Okay, you're uh, you have him on your bench every year in fantasy. I know, and won't trade him for, for a reason. Mm, yeah. Um. So let's let's talk about the defense. So on paper, this defense seems like it should be pretty good. Um, Derek Barnett's back. Fletcher Cox is back. Um, they signed Hassan Reddick, um, which should help because uh, you know, they had the second lowest sack total last year. Um, they, 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 drafted, stole... they drafted Jordan Davis. Yeah. Um, Jordan Davis in the, in the middle. That's right. Um, James yeah. Bradbury, you stole him from the giants. 
Yeah. Steven Nelson, is he like he replaces Nelson basically? Steven Nelson is gone. Right. Bradbury's yeah. the new starter, but also like a little under the radar is a guy, Kaiser White, who a lot of people were were shocked that the Eagles got him for so cheap. He's he was like a borderline um Pro Bowl player last year. But so I guess the question is like what like they were 25th in defensive DVOA last year. As I said, they had the second fewest sacks. Um, like, well, right. why is that? Because it seems like they have decent talent. Jason Javon Hargrave, we haven't mentioned him also. Like, they have a lot of good interior defenders. Once Brandon Graham went down, um, they didn't have an outside pass rush. Much mm-hmm. of it. Um, Josh Sweat. So Reddick helps that a little bit. But, like, who else is going to be, uh, you know, helping with, with, with get pressure on the quarterback? This well, the, the reality is, is that they added a guy, Hassan Reddick, with 17 and a half sacks last year. And they drafted, you know, probably the most powerful interior lineman in the draft to pair with Hargrave and Cox. Um, so between Reddick and Brandon Graham coming back and, you know, kind of running it back with hopefully more health and more depth on the quarterback. But there's been a lot of talk now throughout the first two games, the first two days of um, of off season of the, of the practices is that uh, Reddick's been dropping back into coverage a lot and never all, all the beat writers are freaking out that, you know, we brought this guy in here to rush the, to rush the passer and why is he dropping back in coverage? And do we need to fire the defensive coordinator? You know, there's a lot of, a lot of good Eagles, uh, sports, <laughs> sports media outrage. Uh, by the way, quick fact check. I'm like 17 and a half. Uh, he had 11 sacks last year. Well, two years ago, he's 17 and a half. Sorry. No, he had 12 yeah. and a half two years ago. That was a, and that's his career high. But no, I mean, he's still immediately the best pass rusher. I thought he Eagles. was a man, but he, yeah, he certainly, he certainly, uh, brings an element that they didn't have last year. It was just straight up missing on the team last year. Yeah. I'm uh, seeing uh, 18 cubic QB hits. And, and we haven't even before. talked about Nicobe Dean. Mm, let's talk about him. Kobe Dean was projected to be what a top 25 pick, a top 15 pick in some mock drafts. And they got him in the third round. Mm-hmm. Um, and he immediately becomes probably, I mean, the most talented linebacker the Eagles have had, you know, period for, for many years, because linebacker was a position that the Eagles refused to ever draft high. They always, you know, would find stopgap players. I mean, even their, their proposed starter for the, the last two years, um, TJ Edwards was undrafted out of Wisconsin. So Nicobe, to get Nicobe, a guy with the caliber of Nicobe Dean is, is unusual as an Eagles fan. And the fact that they got him in the third round is even, you know, more of a bonus. Mm. Um, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact uh, this year among the rookies? Is it, is it Davis? Is it Dean? It's going to be Dean. He's going to be the starting okay. linebacker, starting middle linebacker. He's going to be a three down player. Yeah. So w- with Fletcher Cox and, and Javon Hargrave, like how, how does Davis, he's sort of just the rotation guy for now. Yeah, because Cox they cut and they brought back on a one-year contract, so he's out the door this year, and he's going to kind of be the the apprentice between uh, uh, his in a, in a rotation with Hargrave and Cox. It's pretty. Is, it's pretty good. Is Cox that old? In my head, he's like like maybe thirty-two or something like that. But he is. But the Eagles don't pay guys into their thirties. Period. Yeah, I mean, well, no, yeah, but that's true. But um, all right, what else do I have for you? I mean, Har- Har- Hargrave was a really was a really nice player last year. So, you know, they had. Yeah, it definitely was a position of strength and an interesting direction to go with the first pick. But and also you mentioned Derek Barnett coming back. Derek Barnett was one of the least popular players in the entire team. And most of the fan base is not happy that he's back. But he came back at a very discounted rate. Now, let me ask you, the the Cowboys are still like the the heavy favorites to win this division. Um, do you feel like that's justified? That's how it should be? Or do you think the Eagles are being disrespected? I mean, I. I I think on paper there they have a little more talent, but they've also had it's a big drop off. They lost Cooper. They, you know, they didn't they didn't really do much else on the offense in the offseason. But I, I still I, I still think the 
that Dak Prescott's probably better than Jalen Hurts, and that's really the um, the differentiating factor there. I mean, a lot of people think Dak Prescott is a Super Bowl level quarterback, and you know that that reputation got him a, a massive contract, and that's probably reputation is probably what has him being predicted higher than the Eagles because the Eagles have so many unknowns, and that's that's probably what's the most exciting about the season is because they looked good at times last year, but in, in all the areas where they were lacking, they severely improved in the offseason, which is why like they're getting a lot of love in the in the media. Mm. Uh, they really- I, I noticed every time you mentioned Dak. You uh you you start with the with the word um reputation. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, he hasn't lived up to it. Yeah. So um, yeah. All right. So how, let's talk about this because uh, let, let's go through the schedule. I want to sort of go through it slowly because yeah, I think th- there are a lot of opportunities to pile up wins, especially if if the Giants and the and the Commanders uh, are, are garbage, which uh is a a reasonable bet, I think. Uh, how excited are you to have Carson Wentz back in the division? I was actually discussing him earlier today. I think I think he's the best quarterback the Redskins or whoever they're the commanders have had in, in many years. And I think he's well, that's damning him with extraordinarily faint praise. Correct, correct. But I'm saying like people forget how good he could be. And I I, I don't view him as like uh one of these, you know, unplayable two and fourteen type quarterbacks. He's still gonna make them a, a much more respectable team than they had been. I mean, they had Tyler Heineke last year. I mean, he's definitely an upgrade over Heineke. Yeah. And then um who was it? It was um was Alex Smith the year before that. Yeah, it was like Case, uh, was Case Keenum before that. Case Keenum. I mean, they they just yeah. had they haven't had any stability there. I mean, he's got the pedigree. Uh, listen, you, I was all in on Carson Wentz when he was on the Eagles, and I was put, the first guy pushing him out the door when you know when they after he you know after he wanted he requested the trade after the Seattle loss in the playoffs. But you know he had he did some good things in in Indianapolis last year, and you know I view Washington as a slightly improved team with Carson Wentz there, and I don't they're not I don't view them as a doormat, but. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I do think he's being overly maligned. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, um, he has his obvious flaws, but he was not, and, and he he was far from perfect last year in Indianapolis. But he was not like a terrible quarterback. No. Um, and that's well, sort he, of, well, he was ter- he was terrible in the games that mattered the most down the stretch. Sure. Well, yeah, and and his and his unback status ended up causing the problems down the stretch. And yeah, yeah. but you know, I, I think he was a little bit unfairly maligned. So he's I think it's a sh- better. I think it's a shrewd move by Washington, but. I think the Eagles should should have the upper hand in both matchups. Yeah. Uh, so all right. So let's let's jump into the schedule. So week one at Detroit, you commemorate nine eleven by uh, beating the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that's a good way to start the season. Mm. All right, and then you come home home opener Monday night football against the Vikings. Are we are, are we going to be in the stands for that one? Uh, I'd love to. Are you going to go? I mean, I don't. I I, I try. And save it's my, not a pleasant place to go as a Vikings fan. I try and save my one or two trips down to Philadelphia for more around the fall time. Mm-hmm. Too hot in, the summer, in, in September, but um, that should be a fun game. The last time the Vikings came to town, it was a good party. Yeah, <laughs> it was I, a have, good party. I have no recollection of that. <laughs> um, I, I was just talking to this uh, big Eagles fan uh, actually uh, last week, and I told him I said uh, the for me that season ends uh, the first drive after the first drive of the NFC Championship yeah. game. Seven nothing. Kyle, Kyle Rudolph. My, my internet went off. Is, I don't remember. Is he the one who scored? I remember it was a keener pass to the left corner of the end zone. Yeah, but, Kyle Rudolph. All right. For some reason, I would have guessed. I would have guessed Thielen. I guess I'm not a, a true Vikings fan. All right. So you're two and zero, and then you go at Washington week three. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna they may they're gonna split with the division. It's hard to win all your division games. I'll 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 give that the law uh, division loss. Now, are are you gonna root for Carson Wentz to be six? I mean, obviously not against your team, but be successful in general. Or if he um, if he gets injured and plays five games, you couldn't care less. 
Yeah, no, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything invested with him personally. I just, I just think he's better than people are giving him credit for. Mm. Um. All right. So two and one, and then you come home and play Jacksonville. Doug Peterson, baby. Mm-hmm. That's his LVO. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I think, uh, I think the Jaguars just from like the dead cat bounce of getting rid of Urban have to be much better than last year. Yeah, but, but the, the Eagles are. are yeah, no, no, of course, yeah, and also, I mean, like you look at. Like you look at Joe Burrow's improvement from season one to season two, mm-hmm. and Trevor Lawrence came into the NFL with like you know uh, not not exactly the same level, but a somewhat sim- like comparable uh, level of hype, and so you know I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to the Super Bowl this year, but all right, so three and one, uh, and then you go at Arizona in week five. Tough to travel on the West Coast, and then they're still not going to have back. Um... What's his name? DeAndre Hopkins at that point. But yeah, no, he's out for six. I would st- I would still think that Arizona should be favored in that game by at least four or five points. Mm, okay. So three and two and splitting games against, you know, possible teams you're competing with for wild cards in Minnesota and Arizona, probably mm-hmm. there. Um, and then Dallas in week Dallas six. on the road. That's a big game. No, that, no this at home. The first oh, that's at home. Whoops. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, 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 Sunday I, I, night I, football. Yeah, that's a, that's going to be a, good, a nice, a nice win to go into the bye. Okay. All right. So that's a big win. Four and two. Uh, let, let, let's do the Cowboys quickly just to get to that same point. So the Cowboys week one at home against Tampa. That's a fun game. Yeah. Their, their schedule is much harder the first few weeks. They're on national TV. Yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. That's uh Sunday night football. The first Sunday. That's, night. that's a fun game. Yeah. We, well, they played last year, week one member Tampa and the Cowboys. Yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I think the Bucks win that game. Okay. And then week two, they face the Bengals. Wow. What a in, schedule. Like, the game of the week. What a schedule. Yeah. They could, go, they could start off 0 2. Okay. 0 2 and two home losses for the Cowboys. Yeah. I mean, they could split those yeah. games, but those are two, those are right. two tough games. Then Monday night at the Giants. That's the gift yeah. for the Cowboys. Soft landing. Yeah. That's a win. And then um, Sunday at home against the Commanders. Yeah. So they can get back to 2 and 2 or 3 and right. 1. Okay. But play. 2 and 2, then they go at the Super Bowl champion Rams the wow, next week. Man. Tough schedule. Yeah, they're scheduled. The Eagles right after that. Wow. Yeah, so that's the point. So the Eagles are coming into that game in three or two at home. What are the Cowboys coming in at? Jeez Louise. Are you giving them a loss in LA? I mean, they're going to win one of these tough games, but yeah, yeah, but that's. Yeah, yeah, they could be. So you should be in first place on the evening of October uh, 16th. Don't forget the Giants. Yeah. All right. So four. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we all had a good laugh. All right, so four and two. Then you have a bye for the Jewish holidays, as one does, and then uh, come back in week eight. Is that is that when Yom Kippur? When is it? What is that? Um, let, let's seven? see. Let, uh, let's see. When is Yom Kippur this year? Yom Kippur is on. Oh, that's Sukkot. Why do I have Sukkot on my calendar? But not Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the October fifth. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Okay, so we were we missed the holidays by week by the bye week. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess that's uh, after the holidays. Yeah, well, simple story, whatever. All right, okay. So week eight on uh, on air of Halloween, playing the Steelers. Mm. No more Big Ben in the Battle of Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, do you think Mitchell Trubisky's going to come in there and beat them? <laughs> I don't know. I would be. I, would, I mean, that would be. That's a tough win for the for on a for at a division road game. I, yeah. Eagles, Eagles win that game. Yeah. Listen, these these uh these Steelers can't even win pickleball games against like you know fifty year old moms. So all right, so five and two. Houston. And then, yeah, at Houston, short week, Amazon Prime, Thursday night football. I mean, Houston's isn't Houston tanking? Like, what are can, they? Can doing? you can you name ten? If you can name ten players on the Houston Texans, I will Venmo you ten dollars immediately. I I think after Brandon Cooks, I'm out of guesses. <laughs> right? Is JJ Watt still there? <laughs> no, no, he's in Arizona. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. Um, yeah, Brandon Cooks is. Um, 
well, from a fantasy perspective, I mean, I guess Marlon Mack or whoever they're starting running back is will be taken, but or probably even two or three of the guys just because, uh, you know, you figure somebody will be starting. Are they, are they, are they still David Davis Mills is a starter still. Yeah, he, he's their starter. Yeah. I mean, he he, you know, I mentioned Trevor Lawrence before. He did better than a lot of the you know yes. first rounders last year. Now he came in with absolutely zero expectations. Zero expectations. By well, we we mean like extraordinary. We have such low expectations. He was he was a passably bad starting quarterback, basically. Yeah, but they don't, I mean, they don't have any explosive players on their offense. Like, I mean, yeah, but, they... yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they're, they're waiting for their next rebuild. Um, yeah. All right. So, so where were we? So the Eagles are now five and two and now they're six and two with that win six yeah. and two. And you come home Monday night football against the commanders who you already lost to win. Right. So I'm splitting those games. Yeah. So win again. Okay, so seven and two. And then you uh, go to Indianapolis the next week. That's a tough one to discuss. Uh, Losing Carson Wentz and getting better for it. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think? The, you think the Colts are going to be good with Matt Ryan? Um, I mean, I, I think the Colts have. I think they're a good team everywhere, but quarterback, sort of similar to the Eagles. I mean, Matt Ryan is may have been uh, reports of his demise may have been early. I mean, he 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 wasn't a bad team last year. Yeah, but he was bad for the couple of years before that. Also, he's going to a good offensive line with a yeah. good running game and. A, a good situation for him oh it's ideal for sure yeah, yeah. but yeah I, I don't it's hard to win those games out of the division on the road that's a loss yeah same, I, I think, same I think thing the, with green bay the following week mm, oh so so you're seven and two uh maybe first place in the in the nfc or very near that yeah um and then uh you drop to seven and three and then sunday night football to the packers that's another loss yeah i, I right, mean so seven I and green, four I think green bay still in a different in a different league mm. okay so you're seven and four and uh, let's call a timeout. Let's go back to the Cowboys. So we said the Cowboys were uh, three and three after they lost the Eagles. Then they played the Lions and the Bears at home. So those are probably wins, right? Who the Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So five and three. Then they go at Green Bay. Hmm. Hmm. At Green Bay. I mean, I think Green Bay is probably one of the best teams in the NFC. I mean, even without without um, Devontae. Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think as we're as we're going through this, it's more and more clear how much better the AFC is than the NFC. Like people yeah. were saying that last year, and I didn't really agree well, yet, but but like now I'm starting to agree. Most of the talent that moved teams in the offseason went to the NFC West. Yeah, I mean, this is really the first time in our lives that the AFC has been better in a demonstrable way than the NFC. Like you know, even when the AFC had like Peyton and Brady at the very top, but overall, like it wasn't like you know the AFC was much deeper and had you know, a larger group of, of stronger teams. But now it really is almost sort of like how the NBA has been like unbalanced toward the Western Conference most of the time. Like the AFC is like just significantly stronger in like it from like the third best team in the league to like the the 17th best team in the league. Those are like most of the AFC teams. I mean, who do you? I mean, ha, I don't. I don't see anybody in the AFC West having a losing record. I think the Raiders are are extraordinarily overrated right now, and they I think were, I I think they they're. Were, just, they were a borderline playoff team last year, and they added Devontae Adams. Yeah, but they weren't. Okay, they're such. A, I mean, they had such extremes in in all directions, right? Like their leading receiver killing a guy in midseason is obviously not expected. Uh, you know, your your coach getting fired for racist things he said in a in a investigation about another team's racism. The other team having suffered no consequences. Like you know, a, a lot of strange things happen, and, and making the playoffs despite that, and then obviously the week eighteen craziness with the, with the Chargers, but like. All that having been said, they had like a minus 69 differential. Like they, they're Pythagorean. They were a very bad team who got extraordinarily lucky. And what do you, so, what do you, what, what kind of um, improvement do you expect from Josh McDaniels over the, 
insane coaching situation they had last year. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, I think those are things are hard to calculate. Josh McDaniels was such an epic failure in Denver and he was an epic failure in Indy where he literally, you know, quit before he could lose a game. So has he matured? Like, I'm sure that they're going to say the same things now that they would have said at the opening press conference in Indy, like, Oh, he's matured and he's learned his lessons and he's different. But like, Every look at every, look at the track record of every Pat's Bill Belichick associate. You uh, you you can you can make all those arguments, but you can't argue the fact that it's a more st- stable situation. Last year, yes, yeah. for sure, yeah. Um, but again, I think so. They that's a big benefit, but I think that their regression in other ways because of sort of some things they were masking means they're good. The Raiders are definitely better than last year, but I just I don't think of them as a ten win team last year. I think of them as like a, a six and a half win team. Chargers and um, yeah. Chiefs. Uh, you know, and Broncos with Russell Wilson. Yeah, that it's very, that division is very impressive. Um, but, um, yeah. All right. But back to this division. Okay. So, so we're trying to figure out the Eagles record, the the Cowboys record uh, down the stretch, because I'm trying to track who's going to win the NFC East. So, uh, five and three, what do they do in green Bay? At the Packers, they lose. Okay. And then the next week at Minnesota, Mm. uh, you know what? I haven't done a whole lot of research on the Vikings. What do they do in the off season? Uh, they, got, they got rid of their coach and their and their front office. Yeah, but I'm saying player like uh, no high profile players joined. Well, Zadarius Smith they stole from the Packers, and then mm-hmm. Daniel Hunter in theory is supposed to be healthy. Although we said that last year also mm-hmm. until we got injured again. So in theory, their pass rush, uh, which was which was already good last year, but should be you know like elite. But yeah, Dalvin know. Cook is back. Justin Jefferson, yeah, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, who's their tight end? Um, their tight end is Irv Smith, who was injured in the preseason last year, missed the whole year, mm-hmm. but they're high on him. I mean, the main thing on offense is they're going for Mike Zimmer, who hated offense and hated mm-hmm. quarterbacks, to Kevin O'Connell. And so the assumption is that the offense is going to improve dramatically just because of, of the change in coaching. But, you know, mm-hmm. as we said in, in, uh, with, in Las Vegas, we'll see. Where did you have, where did you have the, the Vikings um, win-loss record? Uh, well, I haven't done that yet, but in my power rankings – uh, which I did before I started like doing any in-depth research on most of the teams, uh, to be frank. I have the Vikings 11 and the Eagles 15, but I could easily interchange those. I think between like between like 10 and 17 or 10 and 20, even like who do I have at 20? I have uh, the, well, the Browns, it's a huge question mark because of quarterback, but 21, I have the Saints. Between 10 and 21, I could easily like shuffle those teams in any order. I guess the main difference between the two teams is that like, we know what Kirk Cousins' ceiling is, but we don't know what Jalen Hurts' ceiling is. Well, I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts has a much wider range of outcomes for sure, but I'm not 100% positive that's true about Cousins because like, if you look at Cousins' stats, Cousins' stats when he was oh, under Sean phenomenal. McVay, no, when he was under Sean McVay in Washington, his stats were better relative to the league than they've been in Minnesota. And in Washington, he had no talent. Right. Like Pierre Garcon was like his only like his best or, or like he'd have um, a Jordan Reed healthy for like three games a year or whoever the or Chris yeah. Cooley, whoever the Washington tight end was at the time in his penis. Um, and so I think and I think like I think like, oh, like we've seen his numbers the last three years, but that was under a Zimmer like system where they led the league in rushing and he would only, you know, I think that hopefully he, he they're going to be much more explosive offensively. But, you know, I, don't I know. mean, I, I don't I don't watch every Vikings game, but every time I would kind of see a highlight, they were they had a lot of explosive plays last year. It's not like they weren't. Sure. No, the, the offense was not at all the problem. Like, like people hate Kirk Cousins and point to his his record, which is idiotic. It's like, you know, blaming Mike Trout for the Angels record like mm-hmm. Their offense was not the problem. Their defense was the 30th ranked defense last year. Mm-hmm. And Zimmer's a defensive coach. And the year before they were a 32nd, like their defense just fell through the floor two years in a row. Like they were going to the NFC championship with Case Keenum as their quarterback, right? Like their offense was not a problem. Like they had a, you know, a top 10 offense. 
and I think it'll be better this year, but yeah. So the question is really more the defense for that team having one coach for a long time. And I think Zimmer had a lot of positive qualities, but like when you have one coach for a long time, and especially when you have a lot of dramatic playoff losses and like season ending circumstances, I think it's just exhausts the franchise. I was just reading over Shabbos uh, today, like the day when we're recording this podcast, which I don't know when we're posting it, but I was just reading this book on the nineties Knicks by any it's called blood, blood in the garden. What's that yeah. Called? Blood in the garden. Exactly. Blood. By Chris Herring. Listen, you're supposed to enjoy some Herring on Shabbos. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, you know, Riley takes over a 39 win team and then wins like 50 plus and goes to the NFC, uh, the NFC <laughs> to the Eastern mm-hmm. conference finals, like year after year and goes to the NBA finals and loses game seven in a heartbreaker because John Starks just forgets how to shoot a basketball. He was objectively a success, but yet there was so much burnout year after year of sort of losing dramatically. It like exhausts a franchise and like the players get exhausted with the coach. Like, I can't hear this shtick anymore. I've heard it enough already. To, to a lesser degree. That's what happened with Andy Reid and the Eagles. Oh, for, Oh, I agree a hundred percent. That's the same yeah. thing. Like nobody, when he left, I don't think anybody in Philadelphia is like, well, this guy's not going to be a good coach anymore. It was like, no, yeah. he'll go and he'll people still, people still root for him. Yeah. I mean, people root for him like around, he's just a very popular guy everywhere. I think mm-hmm. he's a beloved guy for a lot of reasons. Um, okay. So what are your like, Oh, oh we're in the middle of doing the schedule game. I forgot about that. Sorry. All right. Okay. So wait, so the Cowboys, do they win or lose in Minnesota? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.